Let me, uh, let me tell you where we are today and where we've been so we can get to know where we're about to go, okay? So where we've been, we've been in a series that we're calling Just the Way I Am, Just the Way I Am. And uh, what we're saying is that there's some things in our culture today that there are some sins in our culture today that we say, wow, that is really horrible, like murder, like rape, like help me out someone, murder, rape. I mean, these are like really ugly sins. And so all of us are like, oh, that's so bad. That's horrible. And we are, it's true. And then there's other sins in our culture today that have kind of evolved a little bit. And it's just like, I don't really know if it's that bad. You know, I mean, I know it's bad, but eh. you know, some of us, we say, I know I do, say some things like, man, that's just the way I am. I just kind of do things like that. And so, and so I, what I want to do today is I want to look at some, and for the next couple weeks, next week actually, we're going to tackle another just the way I am thing in our culture. We're, and it's about having this really overwhelming, strong desire to sin. I want to talk about the desire to sin next week. And the week after, we're going to talk about this, the, just the idea of rage and what it can do. And so I'm excited about doing that. And where we've been, so the first week we talked just the way I am, we talked about the sin of injustice. And we looked at slavery on a, on a world scale, global scale, and how that affects and how some of us are, are absent. We don't even know. We didn't have any clue that even in our beloved city of Miami, Doral, this area here, slavery exists. I, I read to you, uh, I showed you guys an article from someone who had just got, I don't know if you remember, arrested because he was trafficking and sla- it was crazy. Just, uh, just this year, it happened. Um, and so we talked about that the first week. The next week, we talked about the sin of deceit. And that was kind of interesting because, you know, we kind of excuse things like white lies and different things. Oh, we're just, it's just easier, you know, anyway. And, and, then, and then last week, Nick came up and he talked uh, to us about, it was great, about uh, uh, the idea of the spirit of adoption and, and having God's vision and having um, God's name and, and, and God's mission. It was awesome, right? Wasn't it awesome? Can we give him a hand again? It was awesome. He did a great job. He did a great job. And, and so, so I'm excited because today, as we look at Psalm 19 and 14, um, we prayed this a, a couple weeks ago. We're going to pray it to get, uh, again together. We're going to pray it with our eyes open as we all say it together aloud with great enthusiasm, Doral Vineyard enthusiasm. Are you ready? On the count of three, let's just all say this together. May the, oh, I was supposed to count, right? One, two, three. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing. Uh huh. My rock and my redeemer. So, oh God, we want to please you today. We want to please you with our words. And so, we are overwhelmed by the love that you have showed us. And so our response is that we want to serve you and we want to know you and we want to love you with everything inside of us. And we don't want anything that would displease you and uh, in any way, shape, or form uh, displease you. We want to we wanna honor you, God, and serve you. And so would you help us do that now? And so I, I want to start our time together because uh, the subject we're going to talk about is a little bit difficult, a little bit touchy. Um, and so as it's a little bit touchy, I'm going to ask you to touch your neighbor and say, this one's for you. 
say, this one's got your name written all over it. So I'm going to read a quote to you, a famous lady. Um, she's the daughter of the, uh, one of the presidents of the United States in history. Her name is Alice um, uh, Roosevelt Longworth, the daughter of President, former President Theodore Roosevelt. She said, if you haven't got anything nice to say about anybody, come and sit next to me because I want to know. And so I say that to say that if you got anything juicy to say, you got about 12 seconds to share it right now with your neighbor. Go ahead and share it because after our talk today, you may not want to say anything anymore about anyone, all right? Our subject today is about the sin of slander, the sin of slander. I like the ring sin, slander, a little. Okay, so if you don't like my message and you don't agree with it, you know what you can always do? You can talk bad about me later, slander me, and criticize my message. But I hope that God's going to speak to you in a way that would impact your life. So let's just get into this. Um, how many of you have ever found out that someone else that you kind of liked talked bad about you? Raise your hand. All right, I got one or two. Okay, a few people. Okay, most of us, I guess. It's painful. Would you say yes? Would you nod your heads with me? It's painful when we find out that someone has talked bad about us. And, and in my line of work, I just have to say that it's just kind of part of the game. I, it happens all the time, so I've kind of had to have, it happens a lot. And so uh, yesterday, we had a group of folks here at our church that we went to go feed the homeless, and it was an amazing experience. Not exactly the way we had planned it, but it all came out wonderful. It was awesome, and we, God got the glory. It was awesome. Went to downtown and got to feed some homeless people. It was pretty cool. And, uh, but I remember one time years ago, I went to go feed the homeless similar to what I did uh, yesterday, and I was walking in downtown uh, Miami, and I came across uh, these two guys who were not homeless, didn't look homeless anyways. They were sitting outside of a cafe, and they were talking, and as I'm walking past them, I hear the word pastor, and so being that that's what I do, it's who I am, I was like, oh, so I kind of like, oh, let me like, you know, and I kind of listened a little bit, and they were, ta they were dogging pastors. They were talking bad about pastors, and I was like, huh, and so I kind of interjected. I said, huh, what was that about pastors? And they looked at me, and they kind of looked down, and they're just like, yeah, they're all a bunch of hypocrites, and all they want is your money, and, you know, these pastors these days, you know, they, they, um, they, 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 they have these rock concerts that they want you to go to, and, and you know, they, they, the young ones think they're so hip, you know, I kind of think I'm a little hip, but okay. So, so, so at this point, I'm a little bit offended and a little bit amused. And I'm like, okay. And, and I keep hearing that all they wanted your money and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay. I said, well, hey, um, excuse me. Uh, let me just, can I interrupt you guys? Like, yeah, yeah. I just want to tell you that my name is Abdi and I'm a pastor. And, and so I just want to let you know that everything you guys have said about it, look, I'm not going to lie. In every profession, you have a couple bad apples, right? But that is the exception to the rule, not the norm. And actually, and some of those bad apples happen to get on TV. And so I'm sorry about that, you know. Um, they kind of get the most uh, attention. Out of, but, but all of that is categorically, I just, it's categorically false. But I can't stay too long because my driver's picking me up in the limo right about now. I got to go, so... Uh, and I, so I said that, and then I was like, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm, I want to be honest. This is, it's not who I am, but it, it's all a lie. It's not who we are. And so they kind of looked at me. When I said I was a pastor, they were a little bit, 
and like looked like ghosts. Like they were they were kind of dark skinned, but they still looked, you know, like ghosts. They were, I don't know, but um, but I I just told them that I was a pastor, and I told them all that. So it was it was fun, but but it's kind of an odd little story to tell you about. But it actually, you know, it's it's things that happen. You walk up to somebody, and this this kind of happens. You're like. Okay, um, so I looked up the definition of slander, and this is what I, I found. I did a lot of research, and one of the, I found a bunch of different definitions, but I want to share this one about what slander is. Slander is when we talk, I think it's going to come up on the big screen behind me, yep. When we talk negative or hurtful about other people, and we are neither part of the problem nor part of the solution. So when we talk negative or hurtful about something or someone else who's not a part of the solution or the problem, we're probably, guess what we're doing, slandering. Not that big of a deal, right? Some will say, well, it's not a big deal. Talk bad, it's, it's not, right? Well, let's see what God thinks about slander. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 6, verse 16, and then we'll look at verse 19. Verse 16 says, there are six, can everybody say six? Six things the Lord hates. It's funny. A couple weeks ago, I talked about the sin of deceit, and there was a verse I read about the Lord hating deceit as well. But okay, so seven that are detestable to, to him. So he doesn't just not like slander, right? God despises these seven seven things and, and it's a very short list of things that God can't stand and in that list verse 19 says God despises a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community God cannot stand he detests slander now I ask myself I wonder why does God feel this way so strongly about slander? What is it about it? Now, I don't know for sure, but I came up with two reasons of why I think, uh, two possible reasons why, God, why I think God detests slander so much. So the first one is, is because, I, I'll tell you right now, the second one I'll tell you on a little later, but the first one is, I, I, I'm not for sure, but people can slander about me. I, you know, you, sometimes we think, well, if you slander about me, I can kind of take it. But when you slander about my child, it's kind of like all bets are off, you know? Like, wait, 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 what, what did you say, you know? It, it, and, and so you're like, things, uh, it, it might even be true what they're saying about your child, but you're like, wait, 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 uh-uh, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable with what you just said. So I was thinking about that. I was thinking, well, you know, God is our father. We are his children. So maybe that's why he hates slander so much. Maybe that's one of the reasons why it's so offensive to him. And, but what's odd is even though this is incredibly hurtful and incredibly wrong, there's something sickening attractive about slandering, right? In fact, Proverbs 18, verse 8, it says this, the words of a gossip are like what? Can you say it with me? They are like what? Choice morsels. They go down in the inmost parts. They're, there's something sickening, enjoyable about talking and slandering others. And yet the Bible says it's some, there's something destructive about it as well. And so when we talked about deceit the other day, when we talked about it, we tried to get down to another level of w about this whole subject of deceit. That's what we're going to try to do today, okay, we're gonna, uh, with the idea of slander. I did a little more research uh, with different people looking for the answer of why do we slander? Why is it that we talk bad about others? And if we ever do, um, I, I just, I, I thought, 
just be real honest. If you ever do talk bad about someone, why do you do it? Tell me why. And so I even looked at my own life and I examined and, I, and so I thought, let me participate in this. Why do I talk bad about others? And I asked myself the question, what is it that drives me to, to talk bad about other people? And so I did some research, as I said, and here's some things that I found. For some of us, we share negative things about other people because it can make us feel kind of better about ourselves, right? It can, can make us feel kind of better, or it can even make us feel important. And so we've got this power in the situation, and all of a sudden, we feel elevated when we listen um, to negative things about others. It makes us feel better about ourselves. I mean, there's something great when someone else looks bad, and it makes us feel good about ourselves, right? Another possible reason is that we think that we have such a boring and dull life that we gotta come up with something juicy to share, right? We, to, about someone else because it's kind of entertaining for us. So the bottom line is a bunch, there, I found a bunch of reasons and I even looked at my own, but I, I, I couldn't find a single good reason to why we participate in talking bad about someone else. And so, in fact, every reason that I might do it is really a reflection of the darkness in my own heart. So, so why do I think God may hate slander so much? The one reason I told you is because we're his children and he doesn't like our children to look, to his children to look bad. The other reason I think is because it's a reflection of the darkness and the sinfulness of the, uh, of the human heart. And so even though we're exposing the darkness in someone else's life, what it really is doing is exposing the darkness in our lives. So not really a single good reason to talk bad about other people. So if we can agree with that, can everybody agree with that? More or less? Okay, yes, all right. So everybody may do it. We all may do it, but just because we may do it, it doesn't mean it's pleasing to God. And as followers of Jesus, we believe that God is calling us to live higher than the way our culture uh, lives, right? And to live according to his word. And even through every, even though everybody else does it, doesn't mean that we should do it, right? Say yes. Okay, so how do we overcome the sin of slander? How do we do this? What I did is I looked at all the scriptures in the Bible that deal with slander. And guess what I found out? There's a lot of scriptures in the Bible that talk about slander. And so I want to share, not all of them, because there's a bunch. I'm going to share just a few, and, and I, I want to drill down deeper into these, not just talk about um, these scriptures, but I want to talk about when we're like blah, blah, blah into someone else, right? When we're doing that, I want to talk about why is it that we do it. So the first question that I want us to ask is, as we try to overcome slander is, is it hurtful or is it helpful? Is this conversation hurtful or is it helpful? So can everybody say it with me, everybody together on the count of three is, well, sorry, I didn't count, I didn't count, sorry, I forget to do that. One, two, three. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? In fact, in Ephesians chapter four, we're gonna see this guy whose name was Saul. And he used to talk and slander bad about a lot of people, a lot of followers of Jesus, right? He would slander them all the time. And then something happened to him where he had an experience with God and his name changed from Saul to Paul. And when it changed, he started changing his tune about followers of Jesus. And in Ephesians 4, look what Saul says here as after he became a follower of Jesus himself. He says this, his tone completely changed. He says, do not let any what? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is what? Say it with me. Only what is helpful for building others up. So don't let anything unhelpful 
or unwholesome come out of your mouth, but only that which is helpful to building others up. So in, is this conversation helpful or is it what? Hurtful. In Proverbs 16, 27 and 28, Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he said this, a worthless man plots evil and his speech is like what? A scorching fire. Our words can start a scorching fire. Think about that. Our words can start a scorching fire. He goes on to say, a dishonest man spreads strife. And what does a whisperer do? What does a whisperer do? Separates close friends. A whisperer. Hey, hey, hey. Shh, shh. Don't say anything. Shh, shh. A whisperer. So in my co- is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? And, and so what I want to do is I want to be really, really honest. And, but really honest. In fact, that's what I, I, I did as kind of as I just looked back in my life and I asked myself the question, why? Because, you know, as a pastor, I can't afford to be a slanderer. I can't afford it. In my line of work, people talk to me about really deep, dark secrets in their life, right? And so I wanted to make sure that I'm checking myself because they're expecting me to keep that under wraps as I'm helping them walk through some freedom in their lives. So I can't be a slanderer. So I I look back and I ask myself, why is it that I do it? I noticed that one of the things I do is I do something called a compliment sandwich, right? I don't know if you ever heard of this compliment sandwich so someone hey pastor abdi what do you think about so-and-so pastor oh so-and-so pastor he's a good guy you know he's a good he's i think he's you know he's doing good but you know i think he travels too much and i don't think he spends enough time in his church and actually i think his church is pretty neglected because he doesn't spend their time he's not really responsible at his church and he travels but you know i i really like him saw what i did there compliment slander compliment you know hey pastor abdi what do you think about so and so in your church oh she's a great lady i love her you know god's really doing something in her life but you know i I wouldn't hire her and i wouldn't trust her and i wouldn't even let my kids near her or even if i knew she was in this in the same state i wouldn't let them near her even if in the same state together you know oh but but i know she's growing in the lord You saw what I did there? I'm kind of exaggerating, but I'm trying to make a point, right? I'm trying to make a point that the the, the compliment and then the slander and then the compliment. And of course, the most place, obvious place that we as followers of Jesus tend to slander others is unfortunately in a prayer meeting, right? When we go, we're just going to disguise it as a prayer request. You know, you're there holding hands with two people. You know, one person has like the slimy, sweaty hand that feels gross, and then the other person has the really tight grip that every time they're praying louder and louder, and they're saying the name of Jesus, just squeezing your, so you're like unequally yoked already, right? And then they're, they're like slandering, like, oh, you know, who should we pray for in our church? I'm not saying this happens here, because I know it doesn't happen here, right? Right? Or does it? I don't know. Okay, so, so, so we're like, well, who should we pray for? Oh, uh, you know, um, we, we should pray for sister so-and-so, you know, because, you know, I drove past her house tonight, and she wasn't there. I didn't see her car there, but then I drove past her boyfriend's house, and her car was there at 7 o'clock, and then I drove past two hours later, and it was still there, and then I drove past at, like, 12 o'clock, and it was still there, and then I drove at 3, and it was still there, and then at 7, she ha- she's living with her boyfriend, so we need to pray for her, because she's obviously shacking up, so she's got some issues with her 
you know, so let's pray for her. You saw what we did? We just made it into a, a prayer request. It's, it's what happens. It's what happens a lot of times in our, in our prayer circles. Not necessarily here, right? Right? Please tell me no. Okay, anyway. So, uh, you know, everything that we say might be true, but not everything that is true needs to be said. I just want to say, I put that in bold in my notes because I thought it was really good, so I'm going to say it again, right? So everything that we say should be true, but not everything that's true should be said. Can I hear somebody say yes? All right, so, so I, I, I think that's true. So everything we say should be true, must be true, but not everything that is true needs to be said. So is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? The next question we're going to ask ourselves is this. Am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Or should I have kept in confidence what, what, what I know? Proverbs 11, 12 and 13. Solomon goes on and he says this. It's foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person shuts up when they need to shut it. Oh, sorry, that's not what it says. That's the new Abdi version. I'm sorry. I think, uh, I think it says something like, oh, I'm sorry. It says keeps, a sensible person keeps quiet, right? So when we slander, we go around telling secrets. Trustworthy folks keep, tell us, keep this in confidence, and, and we don't. Uh, those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence, but the ones who can't, they share secrets. Am I making a private matter public? I'll give you an example. There was this guy um, that became a good friend of mine, started coming to the church, and we, we, you know, he was, he was coming to a sm small group at the church, and, and it was great, and a and, uh, very talented guy, just had, you know, been be able to do all these wonderful things to serve the kingdom, just who he was, very talented guy, and after a few weeks of meeting, he decided to share his, where he, his life was before he came to Jesus, and it was, I'm not even saying colorful, it was terrible, right? I mean, he was talking about some of his addictions and, and stuff, and it was just, whoa. And so we had established that our group was a safe place to share those kind of things. And so he shared his life before he gave his heart to Jesus. We call it the BC years before Christ. And, 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 and you know, some of us, our mouths were like, okay, don't drop. Don't drop, because it was horrible. It was horrible stuff. And, and so uh, he shared it, we prayed for him, and weeks that followed after he shared it, we continued to pray for him, support him, encourage him, and we saw him. I mean, honestly, he was coming. You would have never known if he didn't open and share. If he didn't share it, you would have never known. But he was being honest and saying, look, I'm still struggling with some of these things, especially his, his drug addiction. But he was clean, but he was, he was still, you know, kind of struggling with that desire. And, and so he, the reason he shared it, because he wanted he wanted prayer. And so we, we were praying for him, and he was still, he had got a job, and he was doing really well for about a year. And, and so it was awesome. Uh, you know, the group had come together, and I was, you know, not as involved, but I was coming to the group, and, and so go, people were, were, were encouraging him, and one of the guys from the group decided to share it with someone outside of the group, even though we had said that what happens in this group 
what is shared in this group is not shared, any, but he shared it as a prayer request and a celebration. Like this guy's life is completely changed and it's so awesome. And so he shared it with this person outside of the group. And when he did, this person decided to tell others about the wonderful work of Jesus in this person's life. And, and so word got back to him that his story was being shared among other people, not the time he wanted it to share with other people, not the way he wanted it to share. And he was, he was, he was shocked. He was, he, he was disappointed, more than disappointed. I don't even know what the word is. He was, he was distraught. He was, it, was, it, it sent him into a weird tailspin, actually. And he said, you know, I remember him saying, I, I don't think I can recover from this. I mean, everybody has been talking about me, and, you know, I, I, I know that was my past, but, you know, they're, they're, the word's out, not how I wanted it to go out. And he felt so uncomfortable. He left the group, he left the church, and he relapsed in his, in his drug addiction. And, you know, I started thinking as I did an autopsy of his life, and I started thinking about, what happened, and I'm convinced that it wasn't his past that did him in, and it wasn't the drug addiction that did him in. It was the betrayal of a confidence. It was the sharing of his life where he wasn't ready for it, and so I saw him years from time to time, years later, and it was just awkward. You know, I'm like, hey man, we love you, and he's like, I know, but I can't, and he was, he was, he, I'm not good, I'm not good, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, and, and so, you know, we wanted to help him, but it was, and it grieved me, I'm actually kind of still ticked about that, but um, I, I, I'm still trying, I'm getting, pray for me, um, so, um, yeah, so I, I realized that, and I'm telling you that, especially that in our social media world today, Sometimes we just tend to think, right, well, hey, someone sent this to me in a text. I'll just post it on my timeline on Facebook, and then, it, you know, 300 people will see it, and it was never meant to be seen by all. It was a text for you. Like, nowadays, we won't call 300 people and tell them what this prayer request was. Now, what we'll simply do is copy and what? paste it into our Facebook feed, and all of a sudden, all these people are seeing something that was supposed to be private, now it's public. And so am I making private matters public? Now, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of that for two reasons. One is because I want to protect others, and I will. But secondly, quite honestly, I also want to protect myself. I also want to protect, I want to protect my reputation that I am a trustworthy person who can keep a confidence. Look at what Proverbs 25, verse 9 and 10 says. It says, when you're arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret, or others may do what? Others may accuse you of gossip, and you'll never regain your good reputation. So is my conversation helpful, or is it hurtful? Am I making private matters public? Now, if I haven't stepped on your toes yet, Stick your toes out a little further because I am coming around the mountain one more time. And I brought some shoes that like to stomp really hard. So get ready. I am an equal opportunity stole, a toe stepper. So I'm about to do some other stuff. You guys ready? All right. Um, here we go. Here's the question. The next question. The first one we talked about. The second one we talked about. The third question is, am I permitting others to slander? Am I permitting others to to slander. Proverbs 17, verse 4 says this, wrongdoers, everybody say wrongdoers. 
Oh, you guys are with me today. I love it. I love it. Come on, guys. Say it one more time. Wrongdoers. Yes. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. They pay close attention to slander. Wrongdoers pay close attention to slander. In other words, not only is it wrong to slander, it is wrong to what? Listen to it as well. Why? Why is it, why is it wrong? Because what we permit, we promote. What we permit, that was another part I highlighted in my notes. What we permit, we promote. If we listen to it, we are promoting it. If we listen to it, we are participating in it. If we listen to it, we are actually facilitating it. What we permit is what we promote. Wrongdoers pay close attention to slander. So if somebody's always, hey, I've got to tell you something about this other person. Did you hear about this? I've got to tell you about this. What should be your response? Your response should be, I'm sorry, I've got to draw this line in the sand or the proverbial sand and say, I, I don't want to hear this because I don't want to stand for this. Hey, check this out. I've got to tell you this about this one person. No, no, no. If you don't mind, I, I don't want to listen to this, all right? So can I get practical? with us today? Just real practical. Here we go. Is that cool, everybody? Is that cool? Shake your heads. Nod your heads. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so real practical. I'm going to give you three different roads, three different roads into stopping a conversation, three different responses into stopping a conversation that is going to turn or is turning into slander, right? So you've got three choices. If you want to be someone who's real loving, that's one choice. If you want to be direct, that's another choice. Or if you want to be the third one, one with an attitude, that's a third choice. So let me ask you guys, how many of you guys want to do real loving? Raise your hands. Okay, I got a few. Not many loving people in the house this morning. All right, that's okay. <laughs> no, that's good. All right, how many of you guys want to be direct? Raise your hands. It's our, it's our way of doing this. <coughs> Excuse me. It's our way of doing things, direct. All right, how many of you guys want to do it with an attitude? Raise your hand. I got one. I got one, I got one. Do I hear two? Okay, okay, okay. So, loving. You want to be loving. Here's what you say. Hey, so as far as so-and-so goes, who you're wanting to tell me about, um, I, I know you want to say this, but I would really appreciate it if you would just stop right there. Um, and, and so I, I don't think uh, they would like to know that we are talking about them. I want to be a good friend to that person, so why don't we just talk about something else? That's loving, right? Say, nod your heads, right? That's loving. You say, no, you know, I don't think this person that is a good friend of yours and mine would appreciate if we were talking about this, about them. So let's just stop right there, okay? That's loving. Would you nod your heads? Yes, okay. Second one is direct. Hey, listen, if you don't mind, stop right there. I, 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 I've got a problem with what you're about to say. Why don't you just go directly to them and tell them, what you have, what you heard, what you think you heard, what you believe is supposed to be true. And if, if you want to just throw in a scripture, Matthew 18 is a good one because that's kind of like a left and a right right there. Matthew 18 says, right, that if you have a problem against someone, oh, I love you. Thank you so much. I was drinking tea earlier today. Thank you. Very loving. If you have a problem with someone, what do you do? You go directly to them, right? Direct. All right. So now if you want to do it with an attitude, what you do is you raise up your hand. As they're talking, you put it right in their face. So everybody practice with me because you may not want to do it with an attitude today, but maybe down the road you may want to have an attitude. So everybody's got to practice with me, right? Put your hands up like this right in their face, right? Right in their face and you say, no, stop. 
All right, just stop right there because if you're going to talk to me about somebody else, then you're going to talk to about you're going to talk about me to somebody else too. So why don't you just stop right there and let's not go any further, all right? Just stop. One more time. Put your hands up like that right in their face. Nope, nope, nope. I don't want that. Thank you. No. All right. So listen, we, we can talk good about them all day long. I'm not saying, well, what if, what, what, Pastor Abdi, does that mean that we can never talk about somebody else unless they're there? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying we can talk good about them all day we want, but we can, we can even brag about them, talk about how good they are, right? But can we ever talk about them in a way um, to hurt them? That's the question. Because is it helping them? And the answer is we can talk about other people in ways to help them. Absolutely, we can. But those times should be very rare and, and, and very rare and, and they should be always glowingly positive. All right, as for me, I have two rules, two rules. Here we go. We can make up our own rules. These are my rules. I'm going to share them with you, all right? I'm going to talk about somebody else who's not there when, number one, I'm saying something constructive that I would always say in front of them. If I can say this in front of them, then I'll say it. Because I love them, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm saying something constructive that I would say to them in their face. Not, 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 the attitude, yeah, I'll say it to their face if they were here. Not, not that, right? I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm saying I'm going to talk to them because I love them, and I would say it if they were here right around me, all right? Okay, so the second thing is that everyone involved in the conversation has to be there to help the person. If anyone is there wanting to trash talk them, then we're not going to talk about that in front of them. Does that make sense? For example, someone's got an addiction problem right? Someone we know has an addiction problem. And so we're in a group and they, uh, they express their addiction problem or say they're, they're cheating on their wife and they're a part of our group. And we're like, okay, as a group, we're going to talk about it because we're going to do something to help this person. We're going to, you know, we're, we're men. We're going to lock arms. We're not going to let you go to that other person. We're going to be here with you. You're not going to do this. You know, we're going to talk about it because we're going to do an intervention. We're going to help this person out. We're going to be involved in their life. We're not just talking about them. Hey, we need to organize a rehab for this person. Let's go send them. If they have this addiction, let's go send them some help, right? That's what we're doing. Let's talk about it because we want to help this person. If we love this person, then that's what we're going to do. They have a destructive behavior, and we're going to get involved to help them, right? Some of us, we might be talking, we're like, all right, this person's doing this, but we're going to have a, one of these come-to-Jesus kind of conversations. We're going to sit with them, we're going to discuss it, we're going to uh, bring up the issue, and we're going to say, look, we love you too much to leave you the way you are. We're going to help walk with you to get out of this, all right? Can somebody say yes? All right, so because the bottom line is that we have to embrace this truth. If we want to, if you want to summarize everything, if you forget everything else I've said, and you remember these three words today, then I would say job well done for me. Good job. Just remember these three words, all right? Your words matter. Your words matter. They do. The Bible talks about this that the power of life and death are in the what? In the tongue. What did, what did, what did God do when he made the earth? He, when he created the earth, he, he spoke. He spoke, and he's given us that authority and that power as well. He's given us the power of the tongue for a reason, for life 
or for death. And if, 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 if he were here, he would say, choose life. Choose life. Choose to build someone else. Your words are powerful. Jesus, Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 12, verse 36 and 37. He said, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Some of us may have a very long conversation with Jesus because <laughs> we've said a lot of stuff, right? Now, for by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. What's those three words again? Help me out. Our words matter. What I need to understand is that my words have the power of life and death. And every time I'm speaking, if you catch me speaking of someone else, I want to be caught speaking well of someone. I want to be caught saying things that are helpful and not hurtful. I want to be caught believing the best about this other person and never assuming the worst. I want to be a person who is part of the solution in building others up, never a part of the, not a part of the problem and tearing them down. I want my words to be seasoned with salt, full of love, right? Little, just lifting people towards knowing God and serving Him. Are my words helpful? Is it helpful is it encouraging? Is it full of blessing and never full of curses because my words are powerful and ultimately I reflect the God who is speaking, the God who is speaking through me. Our God is a speaking God and he uses us to speak words and so he created the earth with his words and he created us and he created us to speak as well and so we have to ask what that awesome responsibility we've been given what are we going to do i mean if we look at the gospel the gospel it means two words good news so are we spreading the gospel with our words are we spreading good news or are we a conduit of bad news and death and pain and destruction i want to be a vessel for good news sharing the truth of the grace of what god can do in someone's life who has surrendered themselves to him and said yes god i say yes to your will and to your way and so let the words of my mouth, Psalm 19 and 14, the way we started. Why don't we circle back to that? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer, that when I'm caught speaking about others, I wanna be caught always speaking life and never speaking death. And so, Father, I pray over all of us today I pray that by the power of your living word that you would transform lives by our words that you've given us, that the words in our, in our mouths would transform other people's lives, God, that the words in our hearts, God, would be open, that we would be open to what you would want us to say and that we would say it in a way that builds because we want our conversations to be different because we're different, because we've been in your presence, God. 